As you sing, just sing the song. Joy like a river. Joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joy like a river in my soul. Oh, joy like a river. Like a river. thank you. As the word come forth, may it accomplish and give life to everyone here that it shall heal, repair, and save. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, give glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, our neighbor, today we are on an assignment. We got to get the work done. Hallelujah. I'm glad and happy to see everyone here today in the house of God. Know that you are here for a reason. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor you are blessed. If your neighbor is not telling you, please learn how to ask your neighbors, are you going to be a good neighbor or are you going to be a silent neighbor? Hallelujah. Yeah. Learn. Learn to make sure there is, I don't want us to get any more chairs. There is a seat here right next to me. Somebody can come sit there. Stop trying to sit at the back. There's a seat in the front. Stop trying to sit at the back. Sit here. Hallelujah. If you don't promote yourself, nobody will promote you. Oh, I'm serious. If you don't learn how to promote yourself, nobody will promote you. You get my point? You have to take it. You have to say, I want this promotion, like, like a job. If you are sitting at home, say, I want a job, I want a job. Do the job come? You have to go out there and say, I want a job. Yeah? You know what I'm saying, son? Yeah. If you don't promote yourself, just keep sitting at the back. Please, learn how to promote yourself. Say, today I sat here, but the next Sunday I'm moving forward. And those who are so we can get used to those who are always late. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I want to continue what I ministered last week that I did not finish, but I'm going to finish it today. And I want you to be very patient with me because it is necessary for us to make sure that we don't just come here just to say we are preaching the word, but we want the word to be a living word in our lives. Amen. And it's necessary that we understand, as we've been talking about the place of prayer, last week I titled this message, The Prayer of Action. Amen. The Prayer of Action. And I want us to finish this as we took it from the Gospel of Luke chapter 11, verses 3. It says, give us day by day our daily bread. And what I expressed to the church was that if we look into the beginning and the model of what Jesus Christ was teaching us concerning prayer, this very place changed the entire platform of what prayer was about. Amen? Because it, before then, he was talking to us that our Father in heaven, he was showing us the necessary or the importance of acknowledging God in your life, the importance of knowing that he is the Lord and who he is and everything else. And then he comes to this very place and say, when you are praying, also ask, give us day by day our daily bread. And I said that this changes a lot of things in our prayer life. 
Because what I was telling the church was that because sometimes we don't understand what it means for God to, God being God, Jesus Christ being Jesus, could have just said, you don't need to ask, I will just provide it. But he still wants us to exercise our authority to ask. So he's saying that when you are praying, you ask, give us day by day our daily bread. Hallelujah. It means that there is a certain authority that God has given to us. There is a certain condition that God has placed over our life that gives us the access to ask from him. Amen. Now imagine if God says that, ask and it shall be given. Then you have to understand this God in your life. So there are four points I made mention of. I said that this portion of give us day by day our daily bread reveals to us four things. It reveals how God truly looks at man. How God looks at man. Amen? I also said that it also reveals how man shall also see God. Amen? How man shall also what? See God. Amen? And I also said that and if you are taking notes, it will be a blessing to you. Amen? Yeah, those who are not taking notes, take notes. Amen. It's a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Say, it's a good thing to me. This one, don't look at your neighbor. Just say to yourself, it's a good thing to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. It also reveals the divine pattern of God's blessings. And lastly, the church authority in action. Now, I spent a lot of time last week dealing with the two main concepts of, you know, how it reveals God, how God, you know, upholds us or how God sees us. Now, this place is very necessary because if you don't know how God sees you, then you go about sometimes doing things anyway, anyhow. If you know God sees you in a certain way, then you understand who you are as a child of God. You understand your position as a child of God. You don't let other things determine who you are. Not where you are from, not your language. Not your accent, not what your past. Your past cannot define who you are if you are in God. Because it says that all things are what? Old. New has what? Come forth. Amen. So whoever comes to believe in Jesus, your past no longer has authority over you. Jesus Christ is your new. But you need to know where God has positioned you. Because if you want to ask God in prayer, the Father give me this day, then I need to know what is my position that gives me the right to ask. You get my point? Do any strangers from Adam who I don't know just come to me and say, give me $100,000? They can't. But you see, we can come and ask, Pastor, this is the deal. Why? Because there is a relationship. Amen. Amen. The God, the go to the Gospel of John. I'm just going to run through this briefly so we can hit the main points for today. John chapter 14, verses 19 and 24. Are we there yet? Okay. Yeah, slow down on me. So let's do this. John chapter 19, I mean 14. Verses 19 to 24. Are we there? 
Or say amen to that. Amen. John chapter 19, 14, verses 19 24. The Bible says, For a little long, while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, and you will live also. Amen. amen. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Amen. amen. Keep all that in mind. He who has made, who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Amen. And he who loves me will love my father and I will love him and manifest myself to what? Him. Hear it. And Judas, who is not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, who is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? He is manifesting himself to who? us and not to the world. And hear what the Lord says. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my what? My what? Oh, come on, speak it. My what? And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my commands. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. He says that anyone who hears his commands and obeys it, they will come in and make home. Maybe, maybe this church doesn't get me. Let me preach this church. You see, when somebody says, I'm going to come and make home with you, it means that they are coming in agreement with you. They are coming in union with you. They are coming to stay with you. So the Bible says, no weapon that fashion against us will ever prosper. It's because he has made home with you. The reason why I can rejoice in season out of season, because he has made home with me. What you have in your home will, what will determine how rejoiceful you are. Did you hear it? Those who are married, if you are not married, if you are not happy in your home, you see, when you go outside, you are always upset. Nobody has done nothing to you, but you are upset. You are always frowning your face because you are unhappy in the home. There is something about the home. That changes the condition of man. That changes everything about man. So when God says, I am coming to make home with you, then you need to know the very God Almighty. He says, we will come. The Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost will come and make room in your home. Tell your neighbor, make room so that he can make room in your home. Hallelujah. So that is why when we ask, the prayer of asking is necessary because in your home there needs to be a conversation. Those who are not accustomed to talking to people in your house, talk to people in your house. There needs to be a conversation in the house because in the home is where plans are made. In the home is where decisions are made. So, so, so if, if, if you and your wife and you and your brothers and you and your sisters, when you took in the home, before you step out there, you are ready to conquer it. Yeah. But because you don't talk, 
Everybody goes outside and everybody's confused. Learn how to talk in the house. That means that learn how to talk with God. Learn how to talk with what? God. Say it with me. Learn how to talk with what? God. Before you leave your house, you say, Father, it's another new day. It's a new day. I don't know what is ahead of me, but you know it. So this morning, thank you for waking me up and thank you for going ahead of me. And I'm going with you. Everywhere you send me, I am going to go. Everywhere you turn me, I am going to turn. Everywhere you stop me, I am going to stop. You made a decision with your father in the home. Let me, let me continue. The second thing I said is that the prayer of action reveals how God, man, how man should see God. Now, this is another important point. I'm going to just go through this quickly so I can move on. But a lot of times, the problem why our action of God, or when we go before God in prayer, we struggle sometimes is because we don't know how to see God. Oh, true of us. Let me show you. Go to the book of 1 Samuel. As you know what? Let's wait. Yes, go to 1 Samuel. Chapter 17. Verses 36 to 37. Are we there yet? This was when Samuel has been sent to the, 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 the battleground to go and give something to his brothers to eat, right? And when he got there, he realized that the Philistines and their champion Goliath was standing there speaking against the people of Israel. And the Bible makes us understand, I want you to study that very scripture when you go home. The Bible makes us understand that the people of Israel saw Goliath and they were afraid. They saw how big of a size he was and they were afraid. Hallelujah. But when someone arrived and when David arrived at the scene, the Bible says that he started to speak that who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And, and, and his brothers became upset. Sometimes it's okay for people to be upset about your confidence in God. You get my point? You can't become less confident because people will talk about you. Let them talk because as long as you know your God and know how you see your God. And the Bible says that, that, that Saul came to David and said, you, you, you are too small. And then you don't have the credentials, you don't have the, 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 the history that you can fight against this Goliath. And David said, yes, I do. Say to your neighbor, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Verses 36 to 37. He says, slow me down. Thy servant, I need the, the different version. I, need, I don't want the King James. Because I want people to understand what we are reading here. 
Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. For he has defiled the army of what? Oh, can I get a church here? Go to 37. Then David said, The Lord who rescued me from the plow of the lion and the plow of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. So I said to David, Go and may the Lord be with you. Now, I said, if you understand the prayer of action, you need to know how to, how to see God. The issue here is this. David said, I have killed a lion and I have killed a bear. True statement or false statement? Good. I have a church here. Verses 37, he says that the Lord rescued him from the plow of the lion, the plow of the bear, and will also rescue him from the hand of the Philistine. The issue we have here in the life of the church is that we see our problem of yesterday smaller than our problem today. Can I get a church here? So we say to ourselves, yes, that problem, I was able to overcome it. But as for this one, it is too much for me to handle. But you see, David knew the God he was serving, and he did not see a problem, any his past problem, and his future problem, and his present problem were all problem. And he knew that the God that rescued him from the past problem was the same God that will rescue him from the future problem. But because we don't see God the way we ought to see him, when we go through our problems, what we normally say, and say, Pastor, maybe you are wrong, but I have been in ministry for too long, to hear people say, yes, that problem, I was able to overcome it, but this one is too big. My brothers and sisters, you cannot see your problems bigger than your God. Neither can you see any of your problems bigger than one other another. A problem is a problem. A challenge is a challenge. But the same God that took you out is the same God that will take you through. The same God that helped you is the same God that will come to rescue you. No problem is bigger than our God. you got to see God for who he is. Hmm? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You people, I tell people that, you know, when you go up in life, that's where you see what, what is called problem. But problem to me is a problem. But what I know is one solution. I went to a certain meeting, and everybody was nervous about going to the meeting. And I went to my office and got on my knees. Hey. You got to learn how to speak. 
the spiritual language. Nia kabasadua. God, not my words, but your words. And the thing that people were concerned about, some quiet, wasn't able to speak. You get my point? There is a God that hears prayer. If we can know this God, no problem is bigger than our God. I am going. I'm going on. The third thing I'm going to focus a little bit on, there's some things I'm skipping here for the sake of time, is that I said that give us day by day our daily bread. There's a third point. I said what? It reveals the divine pattern of God's blessings. When you get to understand what the Lord is teaching us, give us day by day our daily bread. You understand the divine pattern of how God blesses. Give us day by day. Means that it does not matter the day. As long as it's day. Give it to me. My God, can I get a church? He said, give us day by day. So it doesn't matter if you slept on the wrong side of the bed. Or the good side of the bed. The moment God gives you breath to breathe that day, it is a day. Amen. And you see, those who understand what that means, understand how to win victory in prayer. Because sometimes when we are going through situations, we act as if we can't even pray. We walk around with sadness in the face because we want to reflect our pain to the day. So everybody sees you, they know that today is a bad day. But all I know is that give me day by day. Yes, last week, last week, you may not know this, but I was terribly sick last week. But I rose up and I said, God, you've got to give me this day. I stood here to preach. Most of you don't know. After I went home, I said, no, Lord, I feel the pain. <laughs> but he gave me grace. Amen. You see, that is why David could say in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the shadow of darkness or the valley, I shall fear. Even though, even though, means that it doesn't matter. Where I am walking, it doesn't matter what I am going through. Even though I'm going through all that, I shall fear no evil. Because day by day, God keeps proving himself to him that the Lord is his shepherd. And as long as God is his shepherd, he knows that tomorrow the Lord will not change to be his shepherd. He knows the next year the Lord will not change to be his shepherd. 2020, God will not change to be your shepherd. But you have to know who he is to you. If you have not given your life to Jesus, and you don't know the shepherd, then when the issues comes, you start to be afraid. But seize the moment and the season, even though I shall walk through. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, Verses 18 to 22. 
The reason why the divine pattern of God's blessings, sometimes we, we struggle embracing this, is that it is tied to a word called consistency. Say to yourself, consistency. The Lord opened my eyes to this. What made Abraham the father of our faith that we look up to is that Abraham lived a life called consistency. Oh, say consistency. Hear what the Lord says. Against hope, with hope, he believed so that he became the father of what? Can I get a church? Against hope, he still what? Hoped. Against all hope, he still hoped. Against all hope, he still hoped. What the Bible is teaching us there is that Abraham was consistent in the very season that he was living in. That in his season of not having a child, he hoped. In his old age, he still hoped. The problem we have in the church is that we don't know how to be consistent. Can I church? Can I preach to a church here? You see, today, I'm all for God. Because when I'm going through problems, I want to show up in church. So God will hear my prayer. But then when the problem goes away, I am not consistent any longer because my problems are no longer there. But against hope, Abraham hoped. In the midst of everything, Abraham hoped. Can I get a church to understand this? You can't just take God for granted. You can't just say, today I'm all happy for God. The next day I'm not happy for God. You got to keep hoping. Against everything. Abraham was consistent. Uh, which made him became the father of many nations. Why? Because he did not waver. If you want to see your home, your children, your grandchildren experience the blessings and the favor of God, learn how to be consistent with God. Yeah. Learn how to be what? Consistent with God. Last time, last week, I talked about the fact that when he says, give us this day, you know, when he talks about that, the truth is this. You can't understand the fullness of how God can give to you if you yourself don't understand even how to be a giver. You get my point? If you don't know how to be a giver, how do you ask of someone to give you? But you see, if you know that God is your giver and the one that is in you is a giver, then you also by virtue become a giver. That is why when he gave his Holy Ghost to us, the Holy Ghost was not given to us for us to walk around and say, we have the Holy Ghost. But it's to give us power to take authority in our communities and our surrounding, to influence our brothers and our sisters that are lost. Hallelujah. 
You see, if God gives you a seed and you don't know how to be a giver, then it means that that seed will never be planted. And if it's not planted, then it's never going to grow a, a, any fruit. But the last time I checked, in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 3, everything that God made, he said, let it what? Multiply, my God. So if you don't know how to give, but yet you want him to give. Be consistent in everything concerning your work with God. Be consistent in your prayer life. Be consistent in your church. Be consistent in your service. Be consistent wherever you go. When people see you, they will see the same person that was in the church. Also the same person out there. Amen. Can I preach to someone? Amen. You can't just say when I'm in church, I'll be holy. But when I go to, the, to, to home, I will, and my husband is not doing the way I want him to do things, I change, become a different person. Be consistent. <laughs> the nutshell of this is that it requires... For you to be able to experience and walk in that place of consistency. Because that place is serious, my brothers and sisters. Believers don't know how to be consistent. Yeah. Oh, can I get a church here? Amen. You know yourself. We know ourselves. When... We used to go to prayer service every Friday night. But the moment we got our answers, we stopped going to prayer service. Can I, can I preach here? Yeah. You did things based on conditions. But God wants you to do things based on your love for him. Now the truth is this. This love can only be generated when you yield for the presence of the Holy Ghost. So he told his people that do not leave Jerusalem until the Spirit of, of God comes upon you. And when the Holy Ghost comes, it shall give unto you what? Power. We need to be a church that will desire after the Holy Ghost. Yes. We need to be a church that will shall yearn after what? The Holy Ghost. We need to be a church that we shall pray to ask for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Say Holy Ghost. As I'm coming to a close. Give us day by day our daily bread. Requires the place of consistency and the place of seeing God for who he is that God is not only the God who is the source of the bread there's a lot I preached last week about this but he's also the bread himself he says I'm the bread of life the Bible says in the book of John the gospel of John chapter 6 he says that the words I speak to you our spirit and life. 
This word that has been ministered to you today, it is spirit and life. The reason why I talk about the Holy Spirit is that the people of the old, what they missed was that they had the word. But even when Jesus Christ came, they could not recognize him. Because they were missing the yearning of the Holy Ghost. But you see, if you see the word as spirit and life, then you know that the word is able to enter into every avenue of your life. The word is able to bring, he says that it will bring all things into remembrance. When you do forget, the Holy Ghost reminds you. The reason why we are lacking in being consistent with God is because we don't yearn for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. When you have the Holy Ghost in you, it fills you up. He brings things into remembrance. He tells you the things that is not yet told. He reveals deep and secret things to you. My brothers and sisters here, maybe you have been going to church, maybe you've been exposed to church. But today, what God is saying to us is that his word is spirit and life. And it's about time that we really examine our life today. We examine our life and ask ourselves, am I still the same person that the Lord took me out of darkness those years? If you still are, then you need to pray God to give you the place of growth in your Christian walk. You need to grow. You need to stop just being just one that will sit in the pews, but one that God will use as an instrument. Everybody here, from the youngest to the oldest, let God use you as an instrument. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be an instrument. Let your presence impact your friends and your colleagues and your neighborhood. Since you've been saved, since the year 2019, who have you been brought to Christ? Who have you preached to? Who have you shared this love to? Am I preaching to a church? Since you became born again, who have you saved for the kingdom? But yet, we say, give us day by day. The bread that he gives is a bread that is spirit and life. And it bears forth fruit. If you don't know this Jesus today, don't say maybe I'll think about it and tomorrow. But know that today is the day that you have to get to know this Jesus. He doesn't need nothing from you. He just needs you to show up and say, here I am, my Lord. I want to know more of you. I want to accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I want all of us to rise on our feet.